tuning in to the no bs dfs podcast i'm your host nick with my co-host joe and we are back again honored to cover this year's inaugural and one and only workday charity open so it's going to be at the Mirfield village golf club designed and owned i think by jack it's going to be a great event. It's going to be back-to-back weeks at Mirfield Village, so we can use a lot of um, what goes right again next week, and we can adjust from our mistakes too. So this will be a good learning week, but thinking we're just going to have to rely on what's happened at the Memorial to give ourselves the best guess. Um, it's a great field. ton of the world's top 20 are playing, about half of them, and then next week's probably going to be a major-esque field. So uh, – I guess we'll recap last week, and Joe, I'll let you start off. So just tell everybody, you know, how your DraftKings lineups went, um, if you had any outright hit. I know Bryson won. He was the favorite. We were all over him. So how did your week go? Yeah, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. We were all over Bryson, which it looks like at least contest I was in, 28% were as well. Um he took it down. We knew it was coming. The guy's been playing like the best in the world. And, you know, obviously it was a weaker field, but still to win and still had to beat a bunch of professional golfers and got it done at the Rocket Mortgage. Uh, I had him on most of my lineups. But unfortunately, I had guys that just couldn't quite make the cut for me once again here. And that costed me big time. Uh, I fell short in most contests, just barely missing the money. Um, what obviously I would have did worse, but Bryson having Bryson helped me out a lot. Um, another good play I really had that was decently popular, but he ended up doing pretty solid was Hideki T21. So that was another big guy. I, I uh, had a lot of ownership and then Lonto Griffin who really came through as well. Um, but Kyle Stanley didn't come through for me. Um, you know, that was disappointing. Cameron Davis again. Once again, barely misses the cut. I know you were on Varner, uh, I believe, or he did solid again. Um, but, yeah. We could have definitely been better, but I just had a few guys that couldn't quite make the cut. Um, so... You know, I, I guess I just – cause just because the value on all the outs. I just thought Bryson was going to win. And, yeah, now I kind of regret. I wish I would have thrown some money on him, even if it was like 100 bucks, because I still, you know. But 
I decided not to. Um, obviously, his odds were a lot like six and a half to one or something, but so tough. But I, you know, we were definitely right about him winning. And um, but other than that, yeah, it wasn't a great week for me for DraftKings. Like I said, just didn't have any lineups have six of six. Most of my lineups only had four of six. A few had five of six. Um, so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too great of a week, just fell short in a lot of cases. Um, hopefully get, want to get on track this week and hopefully have my lineups get six of six. Cause that seems to be the main thing. Cause right now it looks like last few weeks, it's been really tough for anyone to have all their guys make the cut. Pretty sure it's been around what one to 3% of lineups each week or something crazy. Yeah, <laughs> so that's it's been really seeing. difficult. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead and that's all I got. So. Let's uh, recap how you did. Yeah, so I was all over Bryson, too. Just unfortunately, I just didn't have the right permutation with the right lineup. And I I did have two lineups go six of six out of, like, 24. So, I mean, considering the field's only doing it, like, you know, five or less percent of the time, I guess I did okay. Um, But, yeah, I just didn't end up having the right combination. So I got about – 40 50 percent ROI not very good but you know I didn't spend very much it was it was kind of a week for even the DFSers to take a break even like a lot of the PGA guys you know just they played three weeks in a row it was fourth of July weekend there was other stuff to do so it was a good week to take a break and now ready to roll into this week Um, but yeah some of the picks that I had right was Bryson obviously and then Harold Varner I mean he he did what his price needed him to do at 7,600. He made the cut and got around 30th or 40th place. And yeah, I was wrong on Kyle Stanley too. Cameron Davis. Wow. I mean, that was just a big blow because he missed the cut by missing a three foot par on the last hole. So it doesn't get much of a worse bad beat than that. Yeah. Except for the guy who lost the million on the three-foot miss by Ryan. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. (laughs) That would have really sucked. So, yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, at least he still won 100K, but, man, it would have been sweet to take it down for him. But, you know, that's part of the game. Uh, Anyways, um, trying to think, did I do anything else good or bad last week? Yeah. I was on Brian Harmon. He just didn't really come through. Uh, I did have some Sam Burns and Tyler Duncan as cheap plays, and they both made the cut and didn't do much on the weekend. But, hey, you know, they get, allowed me to have some six-of-six six lineups. And then uh, Wesley Bryan, too. I think you were on him also. He did pretty well. He faded on Sunday, but, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he did good and was right up in the leaderboard. But, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up right there. Not our best week, but, hey, we didn't lose too much. We didn't spend too much. So now we're going into the Workday Charity Open. It's a full field, I think 156 golfers. Uh, again, we're probably looking at 1% to 2% are going to go 6 of 6 making the cut. So that's going to be key. Now I'm looking personally at, um, Mirfield Village as the memorial for stats to use. I know it's going to be a little bit easier this week. The rough's going to be chopped down a little bit. Um, let's see. The greens are going to be a little bit slower. So, yeah, it's just it's going to play a little bit easier. Probably next week the winning score is going to be 
you know, 14, 15, 16 under par. This week it might be 19 or 20 under. So you have to take that in consideration. It's not going to be as hard. So I think with that, you have to assume that scrambling is less important because it's just the rough's going to be less penal off the greens. So it's going to be easier to get up and down. Therefore, you don't have to be as crafty of a scrambler. So I'm really going to probably go two-thirds strokes gain approach and then one-third around the green slash scrambling. And then next week it's probably going to be more like 50-50 or even 60-40. But, yeah, this week it's about 70-30 in favor of approach. Uh, Off the tee, it's pretty easy here. Fairways are fairly wide. Um, They're one of the easier courses on tour to hit the fairways. And – yeah, I guess other than that, it's a par 72, so back-to-back weeks of that. So there's four par fives, obviously. So there will be some scoring opportunities. There is quite a bit of uh, hazards at this course. There is some water on a lot of holes. Um, it's obviously located in Ohio, so there are some tournaments played at Ohio. You can find some Ohio guys that you like. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, defending champion, I guess, we'll consider as Patrick Cantley. He obviously fits the build, great irons, great scrambler. So that that's going to be what it takes to get it done um, at this course. you got to be good with your irons, and you got to be a good scrambler. So that's kind of what I was looking at. But do you have anything other to say? Anyway, so yeah, as I was saying, the it looks like like you mentioned the roughs are chopped down this week, um, and then I believe next week they're going to be a little thicker. But um, yeah, like the stats I looked into, I think scrambling is going to be very important, and then obviously even more so next week, strokes gain around the green, and obviously ball striking, strokes gain approach, uh, and then. You know, like you mentioned, there's a lot of hazards around here. I believe about 11 different holes. Uh, there's hazards in play. Um, so, you know, bogey avoidance is something I put into my stat model this week, custom stat model, uh, thanks to Fantasy National. Uh, and then uh, also sand saves, there's a lot of bunkers. And then, you know, it's going to be tricky around the greens, and especially next week even more so. Um and then also, as far as I want to mention, um, they extended some of the tees on a few different holes. So it's playing more like 7,450 yards right around there. Um, par 72, as you mentioned, Jack Nicholas design, bent grass greens. Uh, and then 
the par threes are most of them are playing around 175 to 200 yards. So I put that in par three efficiency as part of my model in that range. Uh, and then also for the par fives, most of them are playing between 500 to 550 yards. So I also put that into my model and then ball striking, if I didn't already mention that. So, yeah, um, you know, other than that, it's all the stats I looked at this week. And then as far as course history, I am weighing it a little more than I have in the past few weeks, um, even though this week it's going to probably play a little easier just because, like you said, the roughs are chopped down a little bit. Fairways are pretty easy to hit. One, probably one of the yeah, one of the easiest courses on tour to hit. But obviously around the green, it's really tricky. So, um, yeah. Other than that, it's all I got for the stats this week. So I guess let's get right into it. Unless you have anything else you want to mention before we get into our picks. Yeah, just one more thing. It's um. You got Jack Nicholas as the designer, and obviously Jack loved Augusta, and it seems that he's really taken some of the things from Augusta and implemented them into Mirfield Village. And it's not all like that, though, so don't be fooled by just playing Augusta, guys, because obviously there's rough in these fairways. The Masters has no rough. Um, mm-hmm. This one, there is some dog legs. The Masters is a ton of dog legs. But the things that are similar is the greens. There's a lot of false fronts. So I think irons, again, are going to be really key. Make sure you get that ball on the right shelf of the green. And, you know, if you can do that, there's a, it could slope right towards the hole or right 30 yards down into the fairway again. So you're going to have to be a great iron player to get it done this week. And I think the winner will obviously yeah, um, showcase that skill. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, and then I'll, I totally agree with you. I also just – that's why also, too, I think scrambling. The people that are going to be able to – after they hit a bad iron shot and it goes 30 feet, the guys that are going to be able to, you know, their next shot off the green land it close and save uh, – for you know, say, like, get the par save. So Exactly. Um, They're pretty small greens I've been hearing, too, one of the smallest. Yeah. So, other than that, obviously there's a lot of hazards here. I don't know if I already mentioned that. Um, so – Bogey avoidance was something I really uh, also weighed, which I haven't weighed lately in the last past few weeks. And then there's a lot of bunkers. So, yeah, should be a very exciting week and well, two weeks in a row here. So it'll be fun. And obviously next week the field will be a lot better, but it's still a decent field this week. You know, um, Bryson's taking the week off, but I'm sure he'll be back next week. And hopefully Tiger shows up next week. Um so, other than that, yeah, that's all I got. So, we can get into our picks. All right. We'll, so, uh, we'll start off in the DraftKings. We got the 9K and above. So, I guess, Joe, um, give us your takes on the players. It's looking like the field is led off at 11-1 by JT. So, who do you like and who do you dislike? Yeah, so, for me, you know – According to – so, first off, I want to say I do like JT at the very top at 11-1. Um, you know, he ranks really high in my custom stat model. And then on top of that, I like that his ownership might be a little less um, than it could be because his last finish, he just really struggled at the Travelers. Um, I'm not – I'm sure that's not going to put too many people off him, but – 
you know, I just, obviously he could win and, you know, um, he's just a world-class player. He can get really hot with his irons. His putting can be, you know, iffy at times, but, um, you know, I, he's just a great ball striker and, you know, he just ranks basically, you know, for me, like he's ranks in my custom stand out here, second in ball striking first in strokes gain approach in the last 50 rounds, 13 scrambling fifth in bogey avoidance. I mean, and he's obviously can do really well in the par five. So yeah, JT is a solid pickup here. Um, but my favorite plays, he's not my favorite play. I know I started out with him, but my favorite plays are one of them is the defending champion, Patrick Cantley. I don't see why he can't win again or, you know, finish in the top 10 at, He's priced at 10,600. Um, so far, he's only played once since the hiatus and finished 11th of the Travelers. Showed no rust. Uh, him coming in his first time, I remember I did mention I wasn't weighing it too heavily with him just because I know he's a great player. But uh, I didn't really play him that much just because it still leaned me off him. Uh, and, you know, it was a mistake, really. He finished 11th. That's pretty solid. And, Obviously, his price now, he's a little lower, I think, at the Travelers. But, um, you know, he's going to have to finish in the top 10 this week to get the value out of him, any of these guys up here. But I believe he can do it. Um, he's obviously a great iron player, just what we're looking for, um, you know, and just ranks really high in my model. Like, he's actually number one in the, this par three range. And um, just really, he's solid around the green, really good in strokes gain approach. So, I'm all over Cantley. I actually don't play this guy too often, but I'm on him this week, and, you know, he's going to be in most of my lineups. Uh, another guy I really like that's really been playing solid, especially with his irons and ball striking, and also ranks really high in my model, and that's Xander Shoffley at 10,200. Um, you know, the same thing where this guy, if you just look, I mean, third at the Charles Schwab, didn't do as great at the RBC, but still made the cut. Obviously, for his price, you don't finish in 64th is not going to get it done. But then he followed it up at the Travelers 20th, which is, you know, decent. It's not going to kill you. You know, you'll take it. Um, pretty solid. But obviously, we're looking for a top 10 out of him this week. And I think him and Cantley could finish one and two in the standings this week. So I got them stacked together in a lot of teams. They're my favorite two plays. And then I got JT on a few others. And then other than that, the rest of this range I'm fading other than my guy, Justin Rose, at 9,700. Um, you know, he um, he doesn't rank as highly on my model, but I just have a kind of a sneaky feeling about it. I mean, I just like the – it looks like his ownership. People are kind of devaluing him. And I understand he, he obviously came out to Charles Schwab and – you know, just the first turn at back, finished third, just a really great performance. Um, after, before that, he was on a big slump. And then our, and then followed it up at the RBC 14th. And, you know, and then he obviously struggled. He had a bad, really bad round two of the Travelers. But I think he's going to bounce back. And, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't want to say, like, you know, I'm not pick, picking him on too many of my lineups. But I like him just as far as uh, – I just have a good feeling about him and he ranks still decent on my model here. And, and just, I know he can get it done. I mean, he's, you know, he's just solid everywhere as far as his games concerned. 
So, you know, I think he can – and I just think it's more of a game theory standpoint. I think his ownership's going to be lower than a lot of these guys up here. And, you know, and here's one thing I want to say is – Obviously, it's really hard to fade any of these guys. These, this is always tough when you're at this range. I mean, they're all world-class players, but, you know, I made my decisions, and other than that, it's really about it. Um, I do have to say I was on Hideki last week, and honestly, it's hard to not be on him again. He ranks really high in my model. He's obviously his ball, his uh, approach game and iron game is really spot on. Um really since the restart here, even when he missed the cut to RBC, he still was decent. But at the Rocket Mortgage, he got hot at times with his irons. And and is But here's the thing about him is his around the green game is usually really good. But so far this year, he's still trying to shake off the rust around the green. And I do have to say his best putting surface is bent. So that's why I'm intrigued with him again at 10,000, but I'm probably just going to, I don't want, he's not a fade for me, but I'm just not going to play him this week. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And then one other guy, I don't want to talk about everyone in this range, but um, I'll just be honest. I'm fading as much as this might be a mistake. Uh, I mean, it might, I don't know. It's all these guys are so tough, but I'm fading Hovland and I'm fading Morikawa. Um, I know it might not make a whole lot of sense, maybe because their irons can be, you know, they, well, Hovland's been playing amazing. I just think Hovland's going to be the chalkiest guy up here and his around the ring game is still not that great. I mean, he's getting better. And then Morikawa obviously could bounce back after you were over his miscut um, at the travelers. But again, his around the ring game. I mean, the thing is, is these two guys obviously are going to probably struggle more next week than this week. So that's what makes me hesitate more, but I just like Xander and Cantley and JT more. And then, you know, I just want to mention one other last thing too, in this range is that I almost played Fowler. I never play the guy. I thought of, I almost put him in a lineup, but I just couldn't do it. Um, and then also, I guess I'll just talk about the rest of the range. Uh, Brooks, I'm really interested in Brooks next week. I think he'll care a lot more next week when Tiger joins the scene and Bryson. And this week, I just think he's not really going to care. I know I've heard interviews where he's like, he's like, you know, he wants to win now. He's getting that fire lit under him. So, that makes me like him in the future. But this week, I think it's another pass. I think he's just – I think he's going to go – I think he's going to try to care at first, and then he's going to just kind of fade, I feel like. So I'm fading Kepka and then I'm fading Hovland and Morikawa, even though that those are my bold fades. And then John Rahm, you know, he just doesn't check out that great in the model, at least not compared to a lot of these other guys. And – you know, he's just a world-class player. He could easily turn around, but he hasn't played as good as he can. Like he's out, he's kind of struggled really. I mean, he's the second highest priced guy and he, his first three finishes since the restart missed the cut of the Charles Schwab 33rd, the RBC and 37, the trailers, but that's not going to get it done at this price. So yeah, that's my opinion on this range, but yeah, Nick, go ahead and give us your thoughts here. Yeah. So uh, it's either I'm in a full agreement with you on guys or, you know, I'm a complete 180, and um, I'll just start off, you know, I really like Patrick Cantley at 10-6. Uh, he's going to be chalky, obviously, defending champion. He just he fits the mold. 
Um, you know, if I was playing a lot of lineups, which this week I, I'm not, I'm just playing a, a few more expensive lineups instead of a bunch of cheaper ones. So I probably won't get to Cantley just because there is a guy that I like more than him. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like he could do really well here. Um, not much more to be said. JT and John Rahm, <coughs> even if I were to play a bunch of lineups, I don't think I would get to them. I mean, they're just – they're not ready to pop. As in golf, you can tell when a guy's ready to go off and get that win. You know, we saw it with – you know, we can't say Daniel Berger, but obviously he was playing good before the break, but – you know, you could throw that one out the window. But then Dustin, he's kind of – he was improving, improving, and then he popped. Bryson, you – I mean, we just knew that one was coming. It's like the guy's playing so good, and then you take away the other good players and you give him a bomber's course. That one was obvious. And then same with Webb Simpson. It's like, yeah, he struggled on Thursday of the Charles Schwab, but then Friday he seemed to shake off the rust. He still missed the cut, and then he came into that one uh, RBC Heritage and won it. And I just don't see that with JT or John Rahm, so I dislike them. Brooks Kepka, yeah, I mean, I really like where Brooks' game is trending, and I'm going to roll the dice and say he improves again but just does not quite get the top 10, and then I think I will be on Brooks next week. Yeah, yeah, that's my thing too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Shoffley, I disagree with you on Xander Shoffley is – Last two events, he's lost with the irons, and that's kind of his bread and butter, I feel like. I mean, obviously, he's a great driver, but, man, I mean, his irons have been off, and I just don't feel like he's ready to pop and get that win either. So I just can't go to him. And then uh, Hideki, yeah, he made huge improvement from RBC Heritage, took the week off at the Travelers to probably sort things out and hit the range a few times. Came back really nice, 21st at Rocket Mortgage. Um, his game's trending up, so I don't think he's quite ready to get the win. I still feel like he's got a couple kinks in the game, but, yeah, I feel like he will play well. But then my guy that I'm going to go with is Jay Rose at 9,700. I feel like Rosie, even though he's coming off the missed cut, um, I just feel like his game sets up perfect for this course. He's solid everywhere. Um and the place where he does it the most is in the irons and in the around the green game. So it's like this course is tailor made for Justin Rose. Uh, his history, he's played here the last two years, sixth and 13th. So obviously he likes it around here. It's just fits his eye, you know. So I think Jay Rose, I mean, he would be my bet to win. And then, uh, yeah, I agree with you on Hovland. Like his short game, it's really trash. I mean, to do it here you can have a bad short game and compete at those other courses but to do it at a place like this i mean not here exactly imagine if imagine if this was augusta you would not you would not pick victor hovland on your team because you'd say oh yeah you know he's gonna have a few chips that terrible that you know he chips it at the flag but it just didn't quite go far enough and then it rolls all the way back off the green and i feel like that's gonna happen a few times and I'm just I'm off Victor Hovland. I mean, even though he's been amazing tee to green, his around the green game I think will be his downfall this week. And I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the cut. But um, I am going back to Morikawa at 9,200. Obviously, it's a little contradictory of me, but 
his short game is bad, but it's nowhere near as bad as Victor Hovland's. Morikawa, at least, is not going to, you know, stab himself in the back by by his chipping. I mean, he is, like, like I said, he's bad, but he's not terrible. And I feel like his irons are so good that he honestly won't even have to rely on his short game that much. Um, I'm hoping that that uh, his miscut, his first ever miscut, is not the start of a slump for him. And, you know, I'm going to take that chance and say, hey, he gets it right back. Irons are on fire again. He's firing at the pins, making a few pots here and there, and gets himself in contention to maybe win this thing. So I do really like Colin Morikawa. And then Fowler, you know, Fowler has great course history here. Last three years, second, eighth, and 14th. So Fowler, you know, he's – Coming in with a 12th place finish at the Rocket Mortgage, too. You know, signs are starting to point to Ricky Fowler. But then again, you know, this course is really tough and it will expose your weakness. And I just don't think he's quite ready to take on a beast such as Mirfield Village. So I don't like Ricky Fowler. But just to recap, you know, I really like my boy Jay Rose. I'm back on Morikawa after I faded him at the Travelers. I think he's going to. I think he's going to bounce back strong, put himself in contention, stick a lot of shots from the fairway, get, get a lot of birdies, etc. Yeah. And then uh, I'm not going to be playing this guy, but I still really like him as Patrick Cantley. And then uh, the rest of them, you know, I just don't think JT and Rom are ready to roll. So that, that's kind of my take on it. But we'll move on to the uh, 8K range. And, you know, this range this week, I mean, not a lot of people are going to be going to the 8K range, I feel like. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have a lot of question marks next to their name. So I'll let you start off. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. But at the same time, there is some guys I'm going to. So I like that that's kind of people are thinking that. Um, But I definitely agree with you. Um, This range is... As it's been lately, it's been kind of the least popular range that people like to go to. Um, and, yeah, I'll just start off here. The easy fade, the super – the easiest fade I could ever say. Matt Wolf. Matthew Wolf, Wolf at eight, yep. <laughs> Matt Wolf at 8100 Price got majorly elevated. Obviously had basically the most perfect week he could have and finished second to Bryce and obviously fell short um, – but, you know, which congrats to him. He had a great finish, and he's a young player. He, he bombs it. He can get a lot better. But if you just look before that, he really hasn't even been close to a top – it's his only top 20 finish in the whole – like this whole year and maybe even last, like basically his whole – most of his PGA uh, career. So still got a lot to learn as far as – and honestly, he's one of the worst in my stat model as well. Um, that I, you know, so I just, I can't go to him. I think it's an easy fade. I'm not saying maybe he manages to make the cut, but I feel like he'll miss it. Um, so yeah. And another guy that I'm fading, which, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, like I've been on him lately, but he just really doesn't check out in my stats here that well. Um, and that's uh, Gary Woodland at 8,300. Now, his around the ring game is, you know, according to the stats here, and as we've seen, it's not great. I mean, obviously, his ball striking this year has been pretty solid. 
but I, he's just been so up and down and he had a really good finish to Charles Schwab, which I happened to be on him that week. And that's, that really helped me have a good week and on DraftKings. But the last two events, I mean, not a great finish, the RBC. And then at the Travelers, even worse. I mean, he missed the cut. So, you know, he could bounce back and, but I just, I just have a feeling, I don't think he's going to, I think he misses the cut again. So I'm fading him. Um, and then another guy I'm fading, and it's I don't want to suggest. Well, actually, no, I will. And that's Sung J M at 8900. His game it just doesn't see to, seem to be there either lately. I mean, misses the cut at the RBC. He had a really good finish the Charles Shaw, but the RBC missed the cut. Travelers 58th, Rocket Warriors 53rd, and. I just think these around, you know, I think this course that Jack Nicklaus designed this week is going to give him problems and his game's just not quite there and he doesn't really check out on my model either. So yeah, Sung JM to me, I'm fading him as well. So, but, but then I'll get to the guys I do like in this range, which the rest of the range I'm, I like somewhat at the very least. Um, now I'll just quickly say it. Kucher and Hadwin, I'm not playing them, but I think Hadwin's going to be too high owned and I know he's been playing solid, but that's just easy reason for me to fade him. And then Kucher, as you mentioned in a few podcasts ago, he's just starting to kind of, his game is starting to decrease as far as just being able to compete. It seems like, and obviously he could pop for sure. He's still got the game, but he's getting older. It's just, it just seems like, He's just not as good as he used to be, and I think he's just trending down at this point. So I think his price is way too high. He should, I think he should only be like 7600 or something. He's going to be the um, next so he's an Johnson. That's what I'm thinking. In a year from now, he'll be yeah. 7200 Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's just – unfortunately, I just think he's trending down with his game, and it's tougher for him to compete against all these young studs. So – um. Yeah, but the guys I like, basically the rest of the range I really like. I do like Matthew Fitzpatrick at 8,000. Now, no one really ever likes to play him. And he finally missed a cut at the Travelers. But this guy, as far as a cash play and a guy that's going to make the cut, and, you know, I he just – the guy's a cut maker. Simple as that. He makes most cuts. He um, checks out on my model pretty highly. You know, he's really solid um, in, like, those par three, that par three range, bogey avoidance, strokes gain approach, his ball striking's been there. And he's obviously posting some decent finishes. I mean, for 8,000, like, 14th, the RBC, and 32nd, Charles. And like I said, he missed the cut at Travelers, but that's what makes me like him more because, I, you know, he's going to be one of the lowest-owned guys in this range, I think. Um, but obviously – you know, his scrambling game and around the green can be on and off. It's, you know, it's definitely not the best, but it's not horrible. I mean, <clears throat> and I just think, you know, the guy makes the cut, makes the cut. So at 8,000, I'm, I'm playing him on some of my lineups for sure. And then another guy that I – my favorite guy in this range is Mark Leishman. Um, you know, so before the break, Mark was really popping – he won at the Farmers, finished second Arnold Palmer. Um, and then, you know, so far he missed the cut at the Charles, made the cut at the Trailers. It wasn't great, but, you know, 8,700, like, 
it's just really he checks out really high in my model. And, uh, you know, I just think his approach game, he's seventh ranked in approach, 19th in ball striking, um, you know, decent scrambler. Um, and then just really solid in like sand sage, bogey avoidance, and just all these things I'm looking at. And, you know, I just have a good feeling about him. I think he's going to have a, you know, I have a, I think he's going to have a solid finish. I think you can get, you know, he can uh, be hot with his irons at times. And I think he will be this week and he's got the veteran experience. And so just unlike some of these other younger guys, that's why I'm faded. I'm like Pavlin and stuff. I just think Leishman's going to show his set of veteran savvy game. And I think he's going to post, you know, maybe like a top 20 finish, I think so. He'll be in some of my lineups. He's probably my favorite play in this range. And then another guy that had a bad week last week, and he's kind of like Brooks for me in the same mindset, and that's Patrick Reed at 8,800. He checks out pretty high on the model as well. Obviously, he can get really high with the putter, his iron game. You know, he's solid ranked there. Um, But it obviously hasn't been that great since the restart. But around the green, the guy's a magician at times, and – you know, um, and then he's really good at par threes too. So Patrick Reed, I also just like him cause he missed the cut last week in a shitty field, but I think it's just cause he really didn't care, you know? And, um, he's also, he puts, he puts really highly, uh, highly ranked on bent grass greens as well. So I'm in on Reed this week. He'll be making some of my lineups at 8,800. Um, it's kind of like Brooks. So I do like him more next week, but I think he could, you know, I think he could definitely finish top 10. So then other than that, the only other guys I didn't mention, uh, Joaquin Neiman, which I never play this guy, but I'm taking a chance on him this week at 8,400. Um, checks pretty highly on the model, really solid in strokes gain approach. Um, you know, obviously his around the green game is his weakness and his putting at times. But other than that, he's a really good iron player. He's hit, been really trending up lately um made every cut so far since the restart and before that and so you know he's i kind of like him at 8400 i think he'll make some of my lineups and you know and yeah i just think he'll make the cut and obviously he has the potential to finish high on the leaderboard like he did at the rbc so i'm on him a little bit and then the last guy i didn't mention and that's jordan I mean, like you mentioned, Nick, I mean, this course has some Augusta-like traits, and Jordan's obviously still trying to find his game, but he's making the cuts, you know. He hasn't missed a cut since the restart, and just like how he did really good at the Charles Schwab, I mean, he's had some, he's posted some really good finishes here at, uh, you know, the Memorial. I mean, last year, finished T7th last year here, so, and then also, I didn't mention about Mark Weishman, he finished 5th last year, so. Just, you know, solid history from these guys, and I don't see why, you know, he can't do that again. So he can get really hot with the putter. He's number one in the field and on bent grass greens as far as rank strokes gained putting. So I'm all over Jordan Spieth this week. The fairways are easy to hit. The roughs are going to be down. And his around the green game, he's he can figure it out. He's really solid around the green. Um, so, yeah. I'm plugging in Jordan. I'm, I don't want to say he's, like, going to be on most of my teams, but he's going to be on some. I mean, you know, just because I think he could easily – he has the upside. I mean, at 8,600, and I don't think that many people are going to play him again. I think his ownership's going to be pretty low again because people just aren't ready to play him. And 
which is understandable, but yeah, that's my thoughts there. So just to recap, I'm playing Patrick Reed a little bit this week, play, playing Leishman, playing Spieth, playing a little Neiman, and playing some Fitzpatrick, and then Wolf, Hadwin, Wood, Woodland, Kucher, M, Faden, all those guys. I think they're all going to hopefully miss the cut since I'm not playing them. Yeah, I'm on on board yep. with I'm on board with a lot of what you said right there. Um, again with Jordan, I'll just give a quick little side note about him, and I think you hit it perfectly about his game. And maybe you know people might say, "Oh well, you know his irons haven't been on, you know his proximity is not very good, or his stroke skiing approach isn't very good." Well, you guys got to realize something, and that's that his driver is so terrible. A lot of his approaches are coming from the rough. And these fairways are easy to hit. So give the guy a lie in the fairway instead of the thick, gnarly rough. And I bet you he can hit it a lot closer to the pin. So I just feel like Jordan, you know, this could be a course where he does pop. I don't, I don't think he's ready to win yet. You know, he, he does have too many flaws in his game still to win against the best players in the world. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he got 12th place. So. You know, he makes a ton of birdies. He's a great DraftKings play. Um, I, I like him. But mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Sung J.M., just his game isn't there. It's He's usually very consistent and gets in the top 30, but it just we have not seen it. So I'm all off Sung J this week. I don't like him at all. Um, I probably won't get to Patrick Reed and Mark Leishman because I just I like another guy better. But um, mm-hmm. Gary Woodland, again, same thing as Sung J.M. His game is just not there. And until we see a sign of life, I'm not going to be on the Woodland train. And then, uh, yeah, Matt Wolf, easy fade. Fitzy, um, I do like Fitzy. Um, but there is somebody around his price that I just like a little bit more, so I can't get to him. But I'll just say the picks that I really like and – that's my boy, uh, another young buck, just like Morikawa, scorching hot with the irons, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, I'm just, I'm really waiting. Strokes gained approach really heavily this week, and obviously Neiman is just fire with his irons, and I feel like, you know, him and Morikawa is the one-two punch. I feel like that's what's going to make my lineups win a lot of money. I just feel like Neiman's going to be throwing darts at the pins all week long. Uh, the 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 um the tough part about the course is obviously the scrambling. But again, like I said about Morikawa, is that it's not going to be as tough this week. So I'd much rather play Neiman and Morikawa this week rather than next week because they're not going to be as penalized for uh, missing an iron shot. And I feel like they have a much better chance to save their par. Whereas next week, yeah, I probably won't be playing these guys because their short game is pretty bad. But, again, this week, I don't think that's going to be a big problem. And then uh, Adam Hadwin and Kucher, yeah, just the ownerships steer me away from those guys. Um, I don't really see why there's any reason to play them. I mean, yeah, they've been playing okay, decent course history. But, I mean, I just I like Neiman a lot more. Um, Bubba Watson, you know, he burned me last week. I was all on Bubba. I thought Detroit would be a Bubba track. and. I mean, to his defense, I mean, he did actually play okay. It's just he could not sink a putt. I mean, I bet you he lost one of the most strokes putting of that week. 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind going back to Bubba. It won't be because my player pool is so small this week. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't advocate going against Bubba. He obviously has the upside, and um, he's a great scrambler. And his irons are, you know, good enough. But, um, yeah, I guess that's really all I got to say. Just to recap real quick, I really like Neiman. I like Spieth. And... I like Bubba and Fitzy too. And then I really dislike Sung Jay and uh, Gary Woodland. Okay, now we'll go okay. to the uh, 7K range. And I mean, there is a ton of names in this range this week. So let's just, you know, we don't got to talk about everybody here. I mean, there's got to be looking like 30 guys in this range about. So I guess just tell us your your best plays and your best fades. Okay, so, yeah, I won't talk too long about this range. I'll make it a lot quicker. Um, I do want to quick mention, though, about the 8K ranges. Yeah, I like how we agree. I like Spieth and Neiman a lot more this week than I will next week, so I just wanted to point that out as well. Um, but, yeah, as far as the 7K range, this is a guy I rarely play, but I'm on him this week, um, and that's Byung Hoon An at 7,900. Um, you know – he checks out pretty solid around, um, you know, and I got to say, I like him even, he has uh pretty solid course history here. Um, and then also he's just, you know, he ranks highly around the green. Pretty solid as well. Um, he, So, yeah, I like uh, Byung-Hoon on quite a bit this week. And then he's another guy that I'll like more next week. But at 7,900, he ranks highly around the green in strokes gain approach. So, he finally got, you know, an okay finish uh, at the Travelers 46 last week. It's just more I just think he's going to be really low and he's got good course history. So, he might make a lineup or two for me. Um, And then another guy I like this week that I won't like as much next week, but – same kind of deal here and that's Joel Damon at 77 his iron play so far since the restart has been really solid he checks really high on my model really good in ball striking stroke skiing approach he's a decent he's been all right as far as scrambling and uh you know he he's really solid at bogey avoidance and if you just look I mean 19th the Charles Schwab 48th of the RBC and 20th of the Travelers. So he's just in really good form. And I think he's quite a decent value here at 7,700 for how he's playing and how he checks out. So I'll be playing some Joel Damon. And then another guy that I like quite a bit this week, um, and that's Maverick McNeely at 7,500. Posted a solid finish, really solid finish last week, top 10 at Rocket Mortgage. Um, and then, you know, he checks out really high in my model as well. Um, you know, really solid scrambler, um, can get really hot with the putter. He's not great with his irons, but he can, you know, he, he can make up on the green. So I like McNeely at 7,500. Another guy that I don't play very much, but I like him this week as well, and that's Rory Sabatini, 7,400. Um Again, I mean, he's been pretty solid. He just missed the cut at the Rocket Mortgage, which I know is 
But before that, 14 of the Charles Stroud and 21st of the RBC and checks high in my model as well. And, uh, you know, I think he's solid around the greens, just really solid game overall. Um, you know, so I'll be playing a little bit of Sabatini um, this week. And then other than that, yeah, I mean, I like Ian Poulter quite a bit as well. 7,500 doesn't, doesn't check out as high in my model, but, um, you know, he's in great form this year so far since the restart as well. And, you know, he can figure out the around the green game. He's really solid scrambler and his irons, you know, been on and off, but I think he can get it done this week. Um, at least is a good chance to make the cut anyway. So I like him at 7,500 and he has the upside. Other than that, I don't want to talk too long about this range, but some other guys I'm that I like that I'm playing is Russell Henley at 7,300 and um, Bud Cauley at 7,100, which he's somewhat of a risk, but I think he just checks really. I mean, he's just popping out on the model. I mean, he's obviously really solid around the greens and, and also, uh, you know, can get uh, he plays really well with his iron, just like Russell Henley's been – he ranks really highly in strokes gain and approach and, you know, in decent form. Um, and obviously the last few weeks for Bud Cauley, missed the cut, withdrew, worried about COVID. But he's ready. He's finally ready to come back and play. And, you know, he has really good course history here as well. So I'm going to take a chance on Bud Cauley at 7,100, um, I think. And then other than that, he burned me last week, but I'm going back to him. He has great course history. Checks really high on the model, um, you know, and he has a lot of upside. And he's and he's only you know he's only seven thousand. That's Kyle Stanley. I'm playing him in like the you know I'm playing him in some of my lineups in the Million Maker because I think he can bounce back in a big way and think he'll be really low owned. So yeah, I'm gonna play some Kyle Stanley. And other than that, everyone else is really phased to me. I'll just quickly mention some guys that I'm okay with, though. Matt Wallace, if you want to play him at 7,200, you know, I'm fine with that. And then Cameron Tringali, I kind of like a little bit. Checks really high on the model, you know, in good form. Great iron player. Scott Stallings, if you want to play him, I can't really fault you either. And then other than that, you know, it's really – about it um yeah i mean if you wanted to play Corey connors this week this is the week to do it because i would not play him next week but i'm probably gonna fade him but you know he's a good iron player and could get it done and then yeah other than that the rest of the guys i'm just really fading in this range and i guess some Really, it's just mostly like uh, like Ches Reavy, Vegas, Ryan Palmer, um, Hubbard, Ryan Armour. I mean, Horschel, Kokrak. I mean, all these guys, Champ, they all rank way low in my model. Scheffler, I mean, those are just easy fades. So, you know, I'm just – I'm not going to be playing them. So, it's really all – yeah, that's really my thoughts on this range. I'm just fading everyone else. There's just so many guys here, so – yeah, Nick, give us your thoughts in this range. Yeah, I, I'm going right to the top of the range, right with you, at Benny on. Um, coming in, you know, he's obviously a very volatile player. 
you never know what you're going to get. You could get a DFL or you could get, you know, a second place finish from the guy because he's yet to win a tour. And I don't think this is the spot where he wins, but I think he does do really good this week. You know, he's got elite course history here, 17th, 2nd, 25th, and 11th the last four years. So his course history is, you know, second to only a few guys, mainly named Patrick Cantley. So I really like Ben on um, – he made the cut at the Travelers after a bad performance at the Heritage and a lackluster performance at the Charles Schwab. But, you know, you just – you don't know what you're going to get with the guy, like I said, but he is, you know, usually elite player – an elite player, Tia Green, and then he's just a terrible putter. But if you look into it, he's actually – gained strokes putting here he's in the last four years he's gained a total of 6.7 strokes putting so I mean I don't know if that's just the luck of the draw but I mean hey with four appearances I think that's more than just luck and I guess Benny on likes the greens here so maybe that won't be his kryptonite and he'll be able to sink a few putts instead of missing them because otherwise you know like you said he's a great scrambler and he can get red hot with his irons, solid off the tee. So I feel like he really just fits the build here to play well. Then, you know, I'm all off Kevin Streelman at 7,800. I feel like the hype's way too high on him. Obviously, he has great course history here too, which I really don't know how, but, I mean, he does. So he's coming off a second-place finish at the Travelers, but, you know, a chalky Kevin Streelman at 7,800. I feel like that's an easy fade. Um, I'm not on Jason Day. I just, he's a shell of his old self, and I just don't think he gets it back. Same with Sneds at 7,600. I mean, again, his game is just not there. And I'm mostly a recent form guy, so I just, I can't play a guy like Snedeker. Um Otherwise, Harold Varner, I mean, I don't see any reason to hop off the Harold Varner train. Uh, Next week might be a different story because Harold is not a great scrambler, but, I mean, it's just his irons have been so good. He just can't really figure out the putter, so I just figure the putter can't be any worse, and hopefully the irons can stay red hot. And I feel like Harold's a great play, but, you know, I – Otherwise, I really like Ian Poulter, 7,500, as a pivot off Varner, who's probably going to draw some more ownership. I just feel like Poulter really is the prototype player that you want here. He's an excellent scrambler, you know. Most of the time, he's going to be able to save his par from tricky spots, and I feel like he'll be able to have enough good iron shots and convert some birdies. You know, he's a good putter, and like you said, he hasn't missed a cut since the restart, and I just I really like Ian Poulter for those reasons. Um, otherwise, at seventy three hundred, you know, there's a couple guys I like, but the one that I really like the most is Scott Stallings. I mean, the guy's in great form. He's gotten better, um, better results than ever before. So, Scott Stallings, you know, he's He's gotten 48th at the Heritage and then finished, followed that up with a 6th at the Travelers and then a 39th last week at the Detroit. So Scott Stallings, he's in great form. And I looked why he's been having those good results, and, and it's not because of the putter. So that's even more 
um, more of a reason to like him. He's been doing it tee to green. You know, he's been doing some of it with the drivers, some with the irons, and some with the around the green play. So Scott's just playing all around good golf, and that's the kind of guys I want on my team. Um, I really heavily looked into this guy at 7,100, but ultimately I'm just I'm not going to be playing him because of, you know, he's a short knocker and it's 7,100 Brian Stewart. I feel like it could burn me, but obviously he's been playing really good. He's made all four cuts since the restart. His irons have been really good. His scrambling has been really good. Just all the things that I've been saying that I want in a player on my team this week, but he's just, he might be too short off the tee. I looked at his shot tracker from last year at the Memorial and a lot of times he's leaving himself 170, 180 yard iron shots. And compared to some of these longer hitters who are going to have 150 yards instead of 175, it just, that adds up over time. And I just don't think this is the type of course for Brian Stewart. So even though he checks all the boxes, just being so short off the tee, I feel like, that could be a reason why he misses the cut. He just It's just too hard to hit a six iron compared to an eight. And we all know it. it's just a big difference in difficulty. But, yeah, just to recap real quick, I really like uh, um, Scott Stallings and Ian Poulter. And then I know Ben on could go either way, but I'm going to say that he does good this week. Okay, so uh, that wraps up the 7K range. Um, we'll go to the 6K range. And I'll just start off by saying I'm really not into this range this week, so I'll just be brief. Um, I'm not playing any of these guys. Uh, obviously, me starting my lineups with J-Rose, I faded the, the 10K and above, so I really didn't have to come down here. So I'm not playing any of them. Okay, yeah, for me, I am playing a few, but but I agree. It's really not a range I like very much. I'll give you some long shots real quick, though, that could end up surprising, and one of them is Nick Watney at 6,100. He has really good course history here. Same with Aaron Badley, if you want to take a chance, and they rank really high in my model, but I'm not playing them, but I'm just saying – if you decide to take a chance on them, they could win you the million. Like if I was making a hundred lineups or fifty line or whatever at the at the you know at least, then I would put them on some, and then I'd pair them with like you know guys at the very top. Um, but yeah, the only guys that I'm playing this week because I'm not making too many lineups, um, basically like under t- you know around ten lineups, and. Uh, one guy that checks out really high in my model, and his form hasn't been, like, amazing, but it hasn't been that bad for his price. And, you know, I think he could make the cut, and I'm just banking on that, and that's Carlos Ortiz. I mean, at 6,400, he made the cut of the RBC, missed the cut of the trailers, missed the cut of the Charles Schwab, but obviously a lot of these guys down here have missed a lot of cuts. But before the restart, he was really playing solid for a little while, and going to take a chance on him this week on a few teams if I have to come down here so he just checks out really high on my model maybe he can finally make the cut and post a decent finish so I'll take a chance on Carlos Ortiz and then another guy um I wouldn't doubt blame you if you wanted to take a chance on him and that's Nick Taylor um also 
JB Holmes, this is his first tournament he's playing since the restart, but he had really good form before the re, uh before the hiatus and then um and then he also has great course history here. So he's another million maker play if you want to take a chance. I won't be playing him, but um, you know, JB Holmes could do it for you. But the other guys that I'm playing this range, the only ones I'm playing and there is one guy I really like and he's kind of a big time sleeper for me and I think he's going to post another solid finish. And uh, and that's Sung Yul No Now. No, I don't even know how to pronounce that. 6,800. He lives in, I believe, South Korea. Yeah, he's from South Korea. And he had to, if you live there, I guess, you got to, everyone has to join the military for at least a few years. So he had to take care of that. And now he's back playing professional golf. So if you look, his first two starts since the, restart 11th of the travelers and 57th at the rocket mortgage so so i'm in on those two guys um so yeah i really like him as a sleeper i'm gonna play him on some lineups and then another guy i couldn't doubt you you know blame me if you want to play him and that's matthew naismith i mean the guy's been playing pretty solid i mean Made the cut at the Charles Schaub, 49th, 33rd at the RBC. Missed the cut at the Travelers, but before that, before the break, I mean, he was posting a lot of great finishes. So if you want a guy that has a great chance to make the cut that's cheap in this price, that would be him. And then, um, you know, another guy that has good history here, but I'm not going to play him, and that's Duffner at 6,800. So if you wanted to take a shot on him. But other than that, that's about it. Everyone else here is just easy fades for me. I just think most of them are going to miss the cut. So, yeah, that does it for uh, the 6K range. Um, so, yeah, we'll just – I guess I'm not – I don't know. I'm not really betting too many guys outright. or I, I'm doing a few first-round leaders, but um, just, just guys that are teeing off earlier. I'm going to throw a little money on some of those guys, see if they hit. But is there any final thoughts you have, Nick, before we close things out here? Uh, no, really not much to say. Um, it seems like the books are really just trying to take advantage of golf being one of the only sports back, and the odds are really bad this week. So I wouldn't recommend betting. It's like just save your money, maybe bet a few props, but the outright market just doesn't seem to be fair, so I'm out of it. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not doing many bets, maybe just a couple first-round leaders, so. Yeah, uh, that does it for uh, this podcast. And obviously, we'll be back next week, which will be the same course, same tournament, but except next week it's an invitational. So the field will be cut down significantly. But in the course, will obviously, the roughs will be the roughs will be a lot thicker. But yeah, we'll be at the same course. So that does it for the No BSDS podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it here. And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week. Like I mentioned, and let's go make some money. So, so for Nick and myself, we'll see you guys next time on the No BS DFS podcast.